Welcome back to Common Sense Fitness. My name's Dave. And I'm Erin, and this is the show where we talk about health, fitness, and well-being. We take away the hype, and we talk about how to take a common sense approach. Mm, welcome to back to the show. Welcome back to the studio. Erin, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good. Been training a lot, working out a lot, how's enjoying the, it. How's the triathlon training coming? Uh, slowly, but you know, I did 6Ks this morning and didn't die. Felt like it at the end, but... Well done. You know. Six Ks longer than I did this morning. Six Ks is six Ks. It's not ten, but I'll get there. It's just a number. Indeed. I'm. Um, I've been. I feel like I've have our episodes have been uh, we're rubbing off on me. Maybe I'm actually doing the thing that we've been saying you should maybe do. So this week I've I did a circuit last. Uh, Very nice. Last Monday. Do tell details. Um, so I went and did a glute strength one. Very good. So that will be useful. It did. So I did some glute activations, some horse kicks, some, uh, what else do I do? Some single leg hip bridges and stuff. Um, broke it up with some upper body for, you know, mm. splitting that in half. Mm-hmm. And then went and did some sprints on a treadmill. Oh, that sounds Great and horrible. To it off. <laughs> I was mildly terrified I was going to end up in a wall behind the treadmill. Um, but that was good, yeah. And then I'm nice. also starting PT this week, which nice. is another, I think we've kind of talked about outsourcing or, or uh, staying accountable, new mm. year, new me. Yeah, and then just having that second set of eyes makes such a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah, very good. Anyway, I'm joined by our latest celebrity here, Erin. Oh, stop. Erin. <laughs> <laughs> was on an ABC interview the other day talking all about um, the impacts of COVID and um, that on people's health, um, how maybe the last two years of the panda- pandemic and Coronavirus! have changed <laughs> our perception to health and well-being. So today in the episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about what Coronavirus! has done to us. And I'm going to stop pushing that button. <laughs> and uh, what's done to our attitudes toward health, well-being, and um, maybe talk about some reflection points. Mm. Sounds good. So yeah. it's been a long two years. Long, yeah, Jesus. The last two years have been a long ten years. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And they've just blurred into one thing. That's pretty much. I'm pretty sure we're just in this kind of conglomerate of time. Yeah, it's like, it means nothing anymore. It's a big bucket of it. Pretty so. much, yeah. Um, so, Aaron, how do you think people are changing their attitudes towards being healthier? Well, it's been, to me, it's been a really interesting thing to watch um, since the, so we, I guess, what did we hit really kind of March 2020? And mm-hmm. that's when things really started to blow up here in Australia. And mm. when I say blow up, I mean shut down. Yeah. Um, So, you know, working from home, that was definitely everyone got sent home immediately and we stayed there and we, most of us were not well prepared for that. So I think, um, to be honest, I think our our big transition has been looking more at, A, I've got all this time differently now. I'm not commuting and not spending time in the office. I've got more time kind of for myself. So there's been a different awareness around just having that self-care availability time. And also, yeah, if you are even remotely going to get sick, this has all of a sudden become a much bigger concern. So what are we doing to kind of preventatively boost our immune system, boost our immune system and um, maybe not get so sick if we do get it? How do you think people have cha- changed during that period as far as how they are moving or exercising or their 
their routines. I think people are doing more, which has been really awesome to see. Um, And I I think, again, that's probably more down to having time available to do it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we are, again, particularly lucky to live in Brisbane where there's beautiful weather all the time and lots of outdoor space that we can go and do things. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's easier to go and be fit and do things and move and exercise and work out where there's a little bit of social distancing and you're not kind of stuck freezing your butt off in a park somewhere that is covered in snow. Yeah, you're not wrong. We never are gonna be, never gonna happen here. No, and we have plenty, as you say, plenty of places to go. And yeah, if you're a middle of Canada or something like that, bit different. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, and frankly, you know, Brisbane's a big city in Australia, but it's not a not a massive city. Mm. We got we just have less people. It's easier to stay away from people mm. <laughs> to be that socially distanced. For I think you personally. Over the last two years, how has your type of movement or mainly more your setting, how has that changed a lot? Although I feel like you always are, you're probably always okay working out from home or stuff or doing, um, I feel like you're a pretty motivated person to just be like, I'm down the park, I'm going to do something or I'm at home, I'm going to do something. I'm terrible at home, actually. Yep. I am absolutely terrible. I do not want to work out at home. I have got the equipment. It all sits in the corner mm-hmm. in my house and I look at it and I think... Yeah, I should probably use that. And then I don't. Yep. Um, to me, home is home. And I I guess any sort of exercise is so close to work with me. I, I, I'd i like to keep them a little bit more separate. Um, but that said, I can do stuff wherever I need to do stuff. Um, I, I, I'm very... Um, What's the word? Man, this is going to be a long episode if I keep losing words like this. Um, very confident and comfortable in kind of being able to create things with minimal minimal input minimal equipment so it hasn't really changed a lot for me I guess because I'm just out and still doing stuff mm. and trying to I get that yeah you know, I guess my biggest change is more cardio yep so taking myself out for a run a bit more because that's because it's more accessible more accessible or, easier yeah. it gets me out and still doing something mm-hmm. yeah that's probably my biggest what what about you what's your change Ben I'm very much like you in that I don't like working out at home. I maybe did uh, three, four workouts in the last yeah. two years at home. Yeah. Again, all, all, you know, to the point where when I moved house recently, I sold all of my weights, <laughs> all of my slam balls, everything that I had. Cause I'm literally, I was like, I have not used those in a year. Um, because I just don't want to do it at home. It's, it, yeah. yeah. Very much. Like, I like the separation as well. Yeah. And there is a reason why I really like group fitness and that's because <laughs> I, I enjoy working out in group of people. There's a sense of accountability, even if you're all operating at very different levels, just yeah. doing it with other people. It's um, nicer. It it's is, nicer. It is. And I've, I've really identified that's a thing for me, even looking back, um, uh, my, this is why I'm going to a PT by the way, is because, you know, I, to, to move me closer to what I want to do goal-wise mm. or strength-wise, I need to just lift some heavy stuff. And I don't really want to do that by myself. That's fair. So, uh, But having said that, I used to love doing CrossFit, though, from um, I think that brought in the elements of working out with other people. Yeah. And there was a certain uh, time constraint to it. It wasn't just go put some headphones on at the gym yeah. and do your yeah. own thing. So um, I don't know what that is. It's just an energy level thing for me. I'll, I enjoy working out with other people. So I've done a few workouts absolutely last, yeah, about 12 months ago, 
headed back into running a fair bit before we could sort of get back into gyms a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I think anecdotally people have who might have traditionally really been in the gym world have found more of a split of yeah. home workouts, virtual yeah, I workouts. So. I still don't think virtual workouts or home workouts have taken off to the point that the virtual market thinks that they should have or they really wanted them to. I think it's interesting, right? Um, it's not, it's, home is never going to be that same high energy place, right? No. Or, or for, for the vast majority of us. So I think you and I probably have had a both very similar and very different kind of experience of, wow, COVID's really shut the world down for us for a while. It's really definitely changed how everybody is approaching almost everything. Um, I... I think that home workouts can absolutely be really effective if you are so inclined. And I've got clients who absolutely are never, there'll always be home workouts Mm -hmm. because hate gyms do not want to work out with people, do not want to work out where they can be seen by people, don't feel like getting up and going anywhere. So this is the most convenient I've got a couple of friends who've actually got like the full gym set up in their garage and they love it. And so, you know, I think there's very much a, there is that personal element of what is appealing to you and what do you like doing? And that, you know, that comes down to exercise in every way, shape and form, right? You got to know what you like or figure out what you like to be engaged and stick with it. That's true. Um, Yeah. And I, um, yeah, you're right. I think it is very personality driven. Mm. Um, if I had the space, you know, we're both apartment dwellers. If I had the space for a home gym and I could have it in a completely separate area where it was always set up, maybe I'd feel differently about that. You know, like it was yeah. you could draw that barrier of line. Yeah, because you could still quote unquote go yeah, somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But thing, seeing the rise of things like Peloton and I'm saying that because that's probably one of the most all-encompassing systems mm. like you've got the bike you've got the virtual stuff still i wouldn't nah. like i know that they're live workouts a lot of them are but i still wouldn't get i don't think is drawn into it like i still just need yeah I don't know. yeah no i totally get that yeah i want that energy of other people around me mm. or if i'm going to be by myself i really want to i want to have that time so for me a big thing about running is or running swimming cycling all of your more cardio stuff it's 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 kind of a moving meditation for me and, and I think we probably touched on that last we, or in our last one, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't want to do that in my house either because I'll just be distracted by, oh, I probably should do the dishes. Oh, hey, that laundry hasn't been folded yet. All of those things. So I like that space of being able to get away from that as well. And I, you know, I guess that's maybe a big part of um, all of the get out of the house. I don't like to stay in the house for that. But... That said, I do think it's really important to acknowledge that home workouts can be absolutely phenomenal for people. Mm. Um, so I, I guess the the ultimate takeaway I want people to have is move more. I don't care where you do it. If you are happy doing it, great, fantastic. And we are seeing a lot more of the, um, yeah, I think a lot more of the get out and do things sort of, sort of approached people are just finding the time to do or they're finding they have now the time to do the things that they have been wanting to do. So that's a really nice thing. And we know that exercise really does boost our immune systems as well. So it's not just a general health and general fitness sort of thing, but it's also a a matter of how do we keep our immune systems a little bit more robust? And there's huge, huge evidence, scientific evidence to say that 
a moderate volume of exercise and moderate intensity. So it kind of what most of us would do to go out and have a decent workout, a, you know, a few times a week really, really gives your immune system a big boost and makes you a little bit more robust in terms of COVID, in terms of the common cold, in terms of anything, you're going to be a little bit more resilient. So less likely to get it, less likely to get anything severely if you do catch it. And like I said, this is not just a COVID thing. It's fairly broad, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think, and I think COVID has just kind of, it's given us both the the time to do things and the time to think about what do we want to do and how do we want to do it and and oh, look after ourselves. Absolutely. We're seeing that in the great resignation and all these yeah. other things, which I think this is going to be such a fascinating period of time to look back on too. I think so too. And I, you know, I think for the coming years as well, um, one of the questions that they asked me in the radio interview was, um, you know, do you think this is going to last? Is this a, is this a, flash in the pan sort of fad or are we seeing a real change in how people approach health and fitness and exercise and look I would love to think that this is going to be a long-term change I think it's very much going to depend person to person on what your you know do you get to continue to work from home I know a mm. lot of offices are going to continue to allow that flexibility um, but on the flip side once the I guess the alarmingness of this settles and it is starting to settle I think we are slowly kind of coming to terms with now we have this thing that floats around in the ether and will we get it or will we not mm. but it's no longer a you know red alert immediate panic mm -hmm. I think as we return to what will become our normal at the end of the day we're all hardwired to do as little as possible so <laughs> I think we'll probably see a little bit of a drop-off I'd like to think that people will still think differently about how they want to approach their their health and their fitness and what that looks like. Mm, I think it's a, it, if nothing else, it's really sort of slammed the door open to that awareness. As you say, I think yeah, you, a large or a percentage of the population will kind of default to to whatever. But I think we'll still see a big shift from from a number of people just through either awareness of the of you know getting on the train or people who have started new habits in the last couple of years, you, mm, you, know, a whole, yeah. you know, a whole bunch of people who are going to in one way or another, keep, keep rolling forward with whatever changes they've made to their routines yeah. and, and life. And I think it's, yeah, I think the pendulum will swing back a little bit, but I don't think it's, I think now people have seen the other side, both of work life mm -hmm. and work life balance. It's going to, it's going to change things. We're already seeing that in the professional world. It's no longer an employer's market. It's an employee's market. They yeah. can call the shots. Yeah, they can, yeah. You know, we'd definitely, at least here in Australia, but in the Western world, we're seeing huge demands for, for workers. People are just actually have taken such a huge step back and said, is this really what I want to be doing with my life? Yep. And um, is this worth it? And what else is open to me? And I can just have some time to breathe and have some space. So... I think it's changed everyone's everyone's thinking um, for the immediate future, but yeah, um, I'd be really interested, actually, Dave. You are in gyms every day now mm. that gyms have reopened. What's what's different in a gym setting? Something that is so um, just default now, which now seems really gross and weird, is like you know we now fully wipe down all of our equipment. <laughs> And, you know, in classes, <laughs> <That's lovely. laughs> your barbells, your plates, 
benches, everything, the floor, we're really kind of aware of that. Like we didn't used to have um, like the um, sanitizing wipes and stuff beforehand. Or if you did, there was, I don't know, one dispenser in the whole club. It was just like, I'll give it a wipe down with a towel. Mm. It seems crazy now that we didn't used to do that. Like it would be very superficial. Like, oh, as long as it wasn't dripping in sweat, she'll be right. Yeah. So that's definitely one immediate change that suddenly we're actually all quite aware of okay, we need to clean and sanitize things. I think from a a participation point of Mm. view or from a people coming through the door, it is like a pendulum, definitely big swing. And it was a lot of cautiousness when we were returned to gyms in August 2020. I think that's when we were allowed to open here in Brisbane. Um, There was, I think you had two camps, one people who were like, yep, can't wait to get back, I'll, I'll deal with the risks. And the other people are like, no, nah, I'm not really ready yet and I'll just, you know, stay at home, which is good. I think we've seen the vast majority of those people return and we've been able to nurture a space where people generally feel comfortable. Okay. 100% you can have people who either just don't feel safe or they are themselves oh, sure. compromised. I, I think or... that you see that in any any setting, right? That's yeah. not just gyms. No, it's not. You know, and I've got a few people who, yeah, who I work with who are either themselves immunocompromised or have family. So it's more we just have to be more flexible in those scenarios and be like, look, if there's a big outbreak, yeah, like, you you know, you need to prioritize you yep. and, and your safety and your health and your family. So um, more awareness and conversation around that. Okay. Um, and from a, you know, a work point of view, it's, I think we just had to learn to be a whole lot more flexible um, and used to just having balls thrown our way of like, yep, I'm COVID positive and... Um, you know, I need someone to do this class for me or, you know, just whole clubs kind of crumbling or, or spaces crumbling for a week or two while there's, you know, been some, um, people in the community. So, yeah. Have your gym goers, your participants, have they been pretty happy to roll with those punches too? From what I see, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, So I think a lot of what we do offer is, is community and, Mm. um, um, community and, and a place for com- people to come together and, and work out. So, which is, it's a bit of a dichotomy because you've got, yeah, this need to isolate a lot of the time, but people still really crave that social gathering. And well, social we are need. social creatures, are we, we are. not? And, and say craving the exercise. So it's this sort of, yeah, people still want to really be in that space. So, and I think as an industry, we've done, you know, as much as we can and, and probably a bit more and to create a safe space. And I think it's been fairly effective um, so yeah, look a bit of a roller coaster, but I feel like mm. we're, we're kind of, have, have been able to settle down into that as well. And do you think on the whole, you know, given as, as I said, in the last few months here, I think we are starting to see things normalize a little bit more. Do you think that you are seeing and it? I, I'm sure it's hard to tell, right? Cause we're coming right off this new year's resolution, the, the mm-hmm. start of the year, big gym well, push. Well, anec- anecdotally this January, I th- you wouldn't even know it was January from a gym. Oh, really? One. Yeah. I think the whole industry as a, as a whole, uh, in Australia at least, with the Omicron uh, outbreak, mm. it has not been a January at all. And a lot of us were looking for February to be the new January. Yeah, right. Um, uh, that's interesting because I, I guess I would have thought as we normalize more and from what I've seen that I'm seeing people generally embrace more activity. So exercise, movement, generally just doing more with their bodies. I would have thought that would translate into not only your normal 
start of the year uptick in membership and participation, but actually one that carries on as opposed to kind of dropping off after that first kind of four to six weeks. Well, I think we still might see that bump. It was just that everyone was in isolation for yeah, most fair of enough. January. That was the overarching <laughs> issue. Fair enough. I don't think it was people's hesitancy. It was just that we were really riding that wave. Yeah, right. And and now we're probably starting to see it. I think that, yeah, people's perception and even mine is starting to normalize again. I am less... Um, uh, I don't want to say anxious, but I'm less sensitive to people mm-hmm. in my proximity. Mm-hmm. Um, less sensitive to, yeah, talking face to face to people or, you know, I might, I'm usually, you know, I have my mask on until I get onto the stage or whatever. But like, if I need to step off to the side, I don't necessarily feel the urge to put it back on immediately. So there's a certain sense of, of, um, yeah, I'm not as hyper aware of absolutely everything yeah, moving yep. forward. So I think the general baseline anxiety levels around it have probably simmered down. Yeah. Um, 100% when when Omicron kind of came through, probably only in December, or yeah, December, early January, for the first time I did actually feel more apprehensive about just go- leaving home, yeah. um, just going anywhere because of the total sort of volume of well, it was really Cases. the first that we'd seen here in Brisbane. Yeah. We've been so essentially shut away from the world we for have. so long. Yeah. So yeah. It's kind of our first COVID experience, it really. It really was. So I, I definitely felt, you know, whether it's going to the supermarket or just walking down the street being like, oh, it could be anywhere. It could be you. It could be you. But mm. I, I think your body and your mind can only take so much overload for so much time and you need to sort of, you know, you, you kind of squash that away and go look i'm doing everything i can do i'm vaxxed i'm wearing a mask i'm sanitizing my hands i'm kind of ticking all the boxes there's only so much you can do and i still need to exist and live yeah and i think a lot of that is again comes back to the gym scene of people are like doing all of that so yeah um well that's cool yeah yeah because you know ultimately and i think you and i are both in this business because we'd like to see people continue to embrace ways of being healthier and ways of moving more and feeling safe in your environment is a big part of being willing to do those things. It definitely is. If you're not in an environment that's conducive to you being in it or you feel safe, you're not uh, going to come back. That's basically it, right? Yeah. yeah. So you talked about this a little bit earlier, so I think we might be able to dive a bit deeper into it. Uh, you talked about immune health uh, mm-hmm. and our immune systems. Have you got some thoughts or ideas on what we can do to help bolster our immune system and make us a little bit more resilient to just general health Absolutely. conditions. Absolutely. So I, I think there's there are four big things that I see in kind of everyday life that most of us are vaguely aware of, but not necessarily putting a lot of thought into or maybe intention into um, that that have a really significant effect on our immune system and both the robustness in our immune capabilities on a day-to-day basis, so kind of more short-term, as well as our long-term immune status, our immune fitness. Um, so exercise is a huge one. We know in immunology and in exercise science, we, we can look at somebody who is not fit, just starting to exercise, and what we see is that Actually, initially, they are a little bit more immune compromised because exercise is a form of stress, mm-hmm. just like being injured or being sick or having a chronic disease. There is something going on with your body that it's not used to, and it's like, oh, God, got to work really hard. And so you're a little bit more at risk, and I mean a little bit, like maybe 1% to 2%. Um, that's It's a relatively short 
period that that will last? And it will depend on kind of what's your starting point. Are you coming from a, you know, a really unfit background or you, you know, you haven't done anything for 20 years or if you are coming back to, oh, I'm going to get moving again. It's been about six months. So that, that's going to change things a touch. Um, but anyway, what we see is we see this little, little dip in immune, it will immune robustness. And then once we start settling into workouts on a regular basis, then we know that we're actually giving our immune system just enough stress that it's like, yep, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. If you, you, that virus is coming in. I got that covered. That other virus coming in. I got that covered. So again, COVID, common cold, you know, God forbid tuberculosis, something like that. You, you're going to be a little bit more robust and resilient and mm -hmm. capable of managing that. And then what we see at the far end of the spectrum is that if you are training a lot, so we're talking like elite athlete level training, those yeah. people are actually immunocompromised to a degree because there is so much stress on their body all the time mm -hmm. that their bodies just have to always be working. Yeah. Um, I, I think that as you're talking, I was about to say, um, you know, are the parameters as far as how much is enough mm. to build up some immunity or to, to improve your immune system, but understanding it is a scale yeah. too, too little is going to not do a whole lot too much is going to have the opposite effect. Cause as you say, exercise is a stressor. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Heightening cortisol levels and all sorts of other stuff, which are going to take a drain on your immune system to, yeah. re to recover you back as broad scope, you know, a couple of times a week. So yeah. gentle, it's all going to be relative to you, right? Absolutely. What and I think actually, actually think that having a subjective measure is a really useful thing because that makes it 100% relevant to you. So mm -hmm. I would, if, if I were making broad recommendations and it's been a long time since I really got into the science of this, um, but broadly, if we get somebody doing one to three workouts a week. And I'll use that term loosely. So one to three periods where you might spend 20 to 40 minutes in intentional movement, mm -hmm. um, at a moderate level. So if 10 is, I cannot physically make my body move anymore. I am so exhausted. This is so hard. And one is I'm sitting on the couch eating potato chips. Um, we probably want you to be sitting around that five, six. Mm -hmm. So a few times a week being consistent with that and putting some effort in, but not absolutely trying to kill yourself. Mm -hmm. So it should be something that you can kind of movement that you can continue for that period of time. If it's a little bit harder, the time can be a little bit shorter. If it's a little bit easier, you can go for a little bit longer, which is pretty normal anyway. If you're going to go for a run and sprint the whole way, you're probably going to last 15 minutes versus if you're walking where you could go for an hour, it's, yeah. it's all relative to intensity. Um, but yes, the bottom line there, a couple times a week, moderate effort that will really help your body be a little bit more resilient from that immune perspective. Um, and the other things that I think we often want to look at are healthy diets. Mm -hmm. So eh, again, most of us know this sort of stuff. It's kind of more fruit and veg is a really good thing. Mm -hmm. Good protein sources are mm -hmm. a really good thing. So McDonald's burgers don't count. Um, dubious about that protein ability there anyway, <laughs> or nutrients in general, um, it, staying hydrated, you know, all of the things that we all kind of know, basic clean food, if you can recognize it for what it is, you're probably going to get a little bit more out of it. So it, it just, 
it gives your body the building blocks to recover from the stressors. So it's a really important part. And I, I think that, um, some of those three things can be hard to quantify sometimes, Uh, but understanding sometimes you just need to do and trust in that you're not necessarily going to feel the change or the improvement. You know, you're not going to feel the improvement in your immune health necessarily. You're not necessarily going to feel the benefit of clean eating. We actually know you probably would, depending on what your current diet is, but you know, you might, feel that you're less sluggish or mm-hmm. you you know you're able to feel a little bit lighter throughout the day um but there are things that it's kind of just like the you've just got to trust the process yeah 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 because they're and not super visible necessarily yeah i talk to a lot of my clients a lot of the times and this is in a pain framework but it is not any different from an immunity framework what we're really after is the absence of something so you are not going mm-hmm. to notice Mm-hmm. When you feel good because you are just feeling good as opposed to when you're in pain and it's constantly there and reminding you. So you shouldn't notice when you are immune fit because you're not sick and yep. things are going well versus I've got a cold, I feel miserable. Mm, and anecdotally on the hydration thing, I was going to do an episode, but it's not really worth a whole episode <laughs> around <laughs> hydration. Uh, I had a epiphany recently where I realized that after, all right, so here's the story. I had had bloating, uh, discomfort, abdominal discomfort for quite a while. And, um, to the point where I was like, Oh, I don't know if it's a food allergy because, you know, one day I could eat this thing and I'd be okay. And another day I I could, I couldn't, it Mm. it would sort of make me feel bad. Anyway, uh, went to the doctor. He's like, yeah, let's do some pathology. So before I, um, Went to go get some tests. That afternoon, somehow, I ran across an article about hydration. So before I grabbed the cling wrap out, I was reading this article about um, (laughs) hydration. And I sort of took stock of myself and went, so I'm exercising, I don't know, 10 to 15 hours a week. And in each of those exercise sessions, I'm probably drinking five to 600 mils of water. And then I'll punch three coffees a day do I think I'm adequately hydrated? <laughs> and then when actually I'm nowhere near adequately hydrated. And also, same friend, same. And also probably the test that I like best is the pee test. Oh yeah. Like if you're not looking at your pee, you need to be looking at your pee. Yes. You need to check your hydration levels. So. And know, it's absolutely the easiest way. It is. If you're not like running on that clearer side, if it's, you know, if we're talking any sort of canary yellow or anything else further in this other spectrum, we need to do something about hydration. Um, long story short, it's been probably two months now and I have been smashing water like it's going out of fashion and I've had zero bloating. Um, no problems with foods, which I previously thought. So end result is I was just really chronically dehydrated. Yep. And that harkens back now to, I feel an absence of abdominal pain and bloating. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that's your, you know, that is, dear listener, that that is your solution, but you know, that was, um, but it's a, I think it's a great example, right? It's the things that, and I was so used to having so little water. It didn't even cross my mind. Like it's yeah. like, hello, hydration, like seems right, so Right, because it's the obvious. things that are normal. But I had normalized just, you exactly. know, I'm like, I'm not really that thirsty and whatever else. But actually when I reflect back, I was, my body was, you know, it would make me 
you know, reach for the something really salty or whatever, which is, you know, a real clear trigger that your body's actually trying to get you to drink something. Mm -hmm. If it, you know, if you're craving salty foods or you're craving certain things that it's trying to make you thirstier. So you drink, um, yeah. Yeah. So good, clean food, lots of water, lots of water. Very useful. You were looking for not feeling anything other than good getting through life. Um, and you won't notice that. Generally, you shouldn't notice that because life is just good. Um, My other two things in terms of how do we boost our immune function or immune fitness sleep, it's a good one. Mm -hmm. It's real important. Mm -hmm. Um, You're a solid sleeper. I I think I have been working so hard for the last few years that I I have no option but to be... Yep. So when I go to bed, I am out. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to be more of a sleeper. Mm -hmm. Uh, Naps are a a beautiful thing. Love a good nap. It's like the ultimate adult luxury. Mm, I like a nap, but they tend to ruin me. Oh, yeah, right. I usually feel worse getting up. Fair enough. But sometimes they're necessary. Yeah. Um, We know that people do generally, everybody's got their own set point in terms of how they function best. I think it is really important to think about, are you normalizing what best looks like? Because if you're getting by on five to six and you've always just gotten by on five to six and maybe Uh, you feel kind of crud, but it's just, everyone feels like this all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's it's an interesting thought exercise. What if I did get more sleep? Mm -hmm. What would happen? Um, We know scientifically that most of us do best physically with seven to eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, your mileage may vary. You, we are all, as I said, we've all got our own personal set point. Um, I know I need, I need my eight Same. or I am a Same. very unhappy, incompetent person <laughs> that no one wants to hang out with. Yep. I am a hundred percent the same. Um, and that's, you know, that gives our body to time to cycle through our, our actual sleep cycle. So going into deeper sleep, going, being in lighter phases of sleep, um, and the whole sleep thing aside and the kind of the neurological and brain elements of that aside, sleep is when our body is doing the most work to put ourselves back together. So all of the physical stressors that we have physically, mentally, emotionally during the day, we are able to take those nutrients that we've had from our nice clean diets, fingers crossed, and put them to use, rebuild our tired muscles Mm. and our, you know, our stressed muscles and our maybe slightly broken muscles. Um, you know, clean up whatever's happening in organ systems, just essentially let your body regenerate because everything is always regenerating. That's when it does the best work. So sleep is good. Mm, Again, it's that another hidden system which you just have to trust yeah is there and that you're feeding it adequately in the way of sleep Mm -hmm. because you can't see all the cells happening and doing their little thing yep um well at least with not not without the appropriate equipment so you just have to just kind of check that box where you can and just yep i've had enough sleep or yeah yeah and as i said i think interesting thought exercise if you're not getting that kind of seven to eight and you think you're doing well, well, what would happen if you got more? Mm. It would be a really interesting thing. Maybe if you've got a, you know, a week's holiday vacation time coming up that you can give yourself that little bit of extra, what happens? How do you feel? And if you're chronically sleep deprived, it will take longer than a week to really see the full benefits. I think of re-sleeping a little bit, um, you know, 
catching up on that sleep deficit. But I think it will also give you at least a little bit of insight into that. Um, so sleep. So we've got exercise, good, moderate amounts, moderate intensities, healthy food, um, you know, eat things that you recognize as plants and meats or whatever protein sources are your go-to, um, and hydrate, um, sleep, sleep nicely, sleep beautifully, sleep enough, sleep enough. (laughs) Um, and the fourth one is stress actually, because we often don't tie physical stress to the mental emotional stress, but there is such a strong connection. And when we talk about stress management, we are usually talking about more that mental emotional side of that. Um, every time we are mentally stressed, emotionally stressed, psychologically stressed in some way, there is a corresponding physical reaction. And so you mentioned cortisol earlier. That's one of our main stress hormones. Um, creates a whole slew of things that happen in our body that essentially prepare you to be in fight or flight mode, ready to go, ready to get out of there, ready to fight, ready to just respond to something that could be bad, that could be happening. Really awesome in the very, very rare times that we need that, but we mostly live in that kind of fight or flight-esque mode just because we're so stressed all the time, because we're tired, because we don't feel great, because work is stressful, life is stressful, we've got a million things to do, busy, 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 busy. Cue immune system that's constantly like, oh my God, what's happening? Mm. Should I be looking out for that? Should I be looking out for that? It, it, it's, it, this is non, a non-scientific way of talking about it, but your immune system essentially gets tired and tired things don't work quite as well. So stress management is huge. And that, you know, that's a whole probably 20 hours of episodes mm. that we could talk about stress management options with that. Um, Guess the easy, the easy wins that, the easy wins if you can control the stressful situation or your presence in it, mm-hmm. then do something about it. But the likelihood, the chances are that the stressful situations or life, you have little control over, whether it's you have a stressful family life, you have a stressful work life, you're not going to be able to just tap out um yeah unfortunately uh, or fortunately i don't know because it is what also makes us more resilient if we learn how to deal with those things right right? yeah um but to take a step back even from that uh, and again we go back to that how much do we normalize these things yes how much is the stress of life actually stressing you out yes that you are aware of because i bet and i think this is true for most of us that we are more stressed than we realize So being, even being aware of, oh, I I am, that thing is stressing me out as opposed to, oh, it's always just like that. And sometimes it's the absence of the stress, which really highlights. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That it was an issue in the first place. If you're, even if it's you, you're on a holiday or you spend some time away from family or whatever, and then suddenly go, oh, wow, I don't have that level of stress. Maybe that can sometimes highlight to you that uh, that is an issue yeah. for me and, yeah. and I have normalized it as being just part of my everyday. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think when we talk about if we can start to recognize situations, mental, emotional, psychological, that are stressful for us that we find ourselves in a lot, you're right. Most of the time life is such that we don't get to just be like, mm, and I'm done. Don't mm-hmm. want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so really what we want to do is we want to look for, okay, well, what are the things that I can do to help 
me mitigate that stress response? How do I physically help myself feel better? So it's almost kind of self-soothing behaviors, methods. And bringing that awareness is always going to be the first step. Absolutely. If you go, I know that work stresses me out. Like, I, you know, I work in XYZ. This is my job. You might be in a really high stress, high pressure job. Mm-hmm. Le- if you can at least recognize that and go, okay, then maybe you can make some steps towards countering that. Exactly. Whether yep. that's creating some intentional space and time for you outside of work, having a practice which is going to decompress you. So it's going for that walk after work or it's yeah, you enjoy exactly. hitting the gym or you know that every three weeks you need to go do a float tank. Yeah. And to and make cave. And city cave. <laughs> To go rebalance that, having that awareness and checking in with yourself going, okay, like where, you know, um, on that sort of um, pressure scale, where am I sitting right now? Am I too high? Can I bring that back down? You know, we're never going to be in a zero stress situation. No. And I mean, some stress is actually good stress. Again, the science says that if we don't have this constant input, then essentially we just stop Mm -hmm. Um, and the way we get better is by having just enough to push ourselves. Most of us are well beyond that. Mm. Um, yeah. And so two weeks ago, was it last week that had mm. the, um, the, week. yeah. So we've got yeah. lots of stress management tips in our last podcast or last mm. episode. Um, but ultimately it's, it's kind of examining where are you from a psychological stress level, mental, emotional, and how, how do you want to kind of balance that a little bit? And I think, I think if you can address those four areas, so exercise slash movement, because even just going for a walk or kind of hanging out with a dog in the backyard or doing some gardening or something that has a little, a little bit of a physical activity component to it, it doesn't have to be a workout, Some of that, maybe a little bit more mindful, intentional food choices. So making sure that you're eating well, eating nutritious, high nutrient counts, all of that sort of stuff. Um, Sleeping enough and just even taking stock of what your stress levels are. If you are able to put some time and some thought into those four areas, your immune system will be so much better for it. All right, let's wrap up Never the show. Never going to not laugh at that. <laughs> to especially put that on the soundboard. So the four points, recapping them, exercise and movement, eating well, sleeping well and hydrating, and managing your, sm- managing your stress. Small amount of effort in each of those is going to take you a long, long way Absolutely. to improving the general yeah. um, wellness of your immune system. Yeah. Going to give you some robust um, tools moving forward. And it's going to, as we said, it's the absence of... That's right. Yeah. You should feel good. That's how you know things are working is by mm. not noticing anything. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a nice thing. Oh, there we go. Uh, look, if you want to stay healthy, the common sense way, like, follow, and subscribe to the show wherever it is in this planet or universe that you find your podcasts. Until next time, my name's Dave. And I'm Erin. See you later. Bye.